The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to our Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. And we are coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. And we'll do that today with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. With Chris Fisher from the Cat's Paws, and also Anna Slive Harwood, Mike, uh, the late Mike Slive's daughter, uh, and we're going to tell you about uh, a big event that will help the Mike Slive Foundation for Prostate Cancer Research, and uh, Mike Slive, former commissioner of the SEC. This is a, a cause that uh, is uh, very close to Coach Cal's heart. So that's what's coming up on our show today as we roll into the Wildcat news of the day. We'll start with a salute. To all of the veterans, past, present, and future, for that matter, um, thank you for your service. Um, I had an uncle who was a navigator on a B-52 in Vietnam. Uh, I had another uncle, uh, a couple of them, who uh, were in World War II. Um, my dad did uh, not go into the military at a, uh, a heart condition that uh, was ruled i think it's the term is 4f so um he did not go into the military and they found out later in life it's actually a misdiagnosis so um um you never know how fate will will change things but um anyway um, i think probably just about every family has some connection i think to uh, the military service in, in some way so uh, thankful to all of the men and women who have served our country uh, unusual week in an unusual year. And I, I say that because of SEC football. Three games already postponed this week. Um, Kentucky put out a tweet yesterday about looking forward to hosting Vanderbilt, just basically saying our game's still on. Um, so now we'll uh, see how it goes moving forward after this week. Oscar Combs last night put out a tweet linking a story from a paper in Louisiana that covers LSU football, and it suggested that one of the things the SEC is looking at, because the uh, LSU-Alabama games postponed this weekend, and the uh, one of the things, according to the story, that the SEC is, is looking at is rearranging the schedule so they can still uh, be able to play the LSU-Alabama game, um, because with Alabama expected to be in the SEC championship game on the 19th, uh, LSU's already got a makeup game scheduled for December the 12th, so there was no place to. Uh, there are going to be apparently some games played on the 19th uh, for teams that aren't involved in the championship game, but obviously Alabama LSU couldn't be there if Bama's going to be in the championship. So, one of the things that they, uh, according to the story you're looking at, is moving the Kentucky Alabama game to the 12th so that uh, LSU and Bama could then play next week. So that'll be something to uh, watch for here in the – I would think that decision will have to be made here in the, the coming days since Kentucky slated to go to Alabama next week. Now, also, part of the other unusualness to this week was that yesterday was the offensive interview day for the media covering U.K. football, and 
Eddie Grand normally comes and talks. Yesterday was Darren Henshaw who filled that role. And that understandably sparked some speculation that Eddie would was perhaps one of the three coaches that Mark Stoops referenced this week that uh, were off the field and uh, didn't say it was COVID-related, but obviously for, uh, that's, that's where uh, minds go. So, uh, But Darren uh, said that's a Coach Stoops question when he was asked about uh, you know why Eddie wasn't there. Um, he did talk about the quarterbacks, uh, didn't say you know, who's, who starts. That, again, is something for Coach Stoops to deal with, and uh, Mark Snoops talks on the SEC teleconference today, so maybe we'll get a little insight in into uh, the situation then. But uh, Henshaw said that they did a lot of work on the passing game during the open week, and it was productive. And he was asked about uh, a rumor that Terry Wilson was considering opting out. Again, just a rumor. Uh, and he didn't say yes or, or no. He just said that Wilson uh, had had a, a good week and that uh, they, you know, that the you know, it's an emotional time, etc. And uh, that, but that Terry had a really good week of practice and that they had a really good day yesterday. Um, so that's kind of where you, where we are with UK football with a lot of uh, and, and SEC football uh, in in general a lot of. Uh, just a crazy week. Isaiah Jackson talked to the media yesterday as part of the the series of, of player interviews. He talked about how he'd been a Kentucky fan going back to the, the 2012 title run and modeled his game in some respects after Anthony Davis. We'll talk a little bit more about this when uh, Chris Fisher and Kyle Tucker uh, join us later in the show. UK women ranked preseason number 11 in the preseason uh, poll from the Associated Press. And... That will get us to our first break. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. We'll be right back. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. We go to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline to bring on Chris Fisher from CatsPaws.com. Uh, we'll start with a little Kentucky football, Chris, and um, looks like all the. Signs are pointing to Kentucky and Vandy are going to be able to, to play on Saturday in a, a week when we've already have seen three SEC games postponed. Um, Kentucky comes out of this open date with, um, you know, having had a disappointing season to this point. They're not where they want to be, at, obviously, at two and four. What can they salvage out of the last third of the, of the season? You know, I think it says a lot about – Mark Stoops and the the culture that he's instilled at Kentucky, and you know, kind of the identity of of the program. In that, his teams seem to play their best football when you know whether it be the fans or the media have kind of given up on them and their backs are against the wall. And uh, you know, I feel like we've had similar conversations in years past, and I understand this year is different with the pandemic shortened season and everything, but, uh, you know, wondering aloud whether, you know, this team was going to kind of cash in its chips because of a, 
you know, a bad loss or a bad stretch or, or what have you. And, and they always seem to kind of come out fighting. And so I wonder if it will be, you know, the same thing with this team. They've, you know, they hit a rough stretch uh, the last couple of weeks. The offense is obviously kind of bottomed out. And it's, it seems as though, um, just based on the language uh, this week, that Mark Stoops may be looking to go back to Terry Wilson at quarterback. And, you know, I kind of wonder if that will be a rallying point for this team. I think, you know, whether, regardless of how he's played, I think this team looks up to Terry Wilson and, and what he's had to go through to get back on the field. But at the same time, you do kind of wonder, you know, if it gets to a point where you start looking to the future. And obviously the future uh, at quarterback is with Joey Gatewood and, do you start getting him, you know, those valuable game reps in the second half of the season? And so, uh, but Mark Soup said he's going to play the guy that gives them the the best chance to win. So it's it's not beyond their own possibility that we could see both of those guys on Saturday. You make an interesting point about uh, handling adversity and how they've responded in those times because uh, they're uh, they've had more issues really at times dealing with prosperity, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. It seems like, you know, the years that Kentucky was picked to finish fifth in the SEC East or sixth in the SEC East, and, you know, those are the years that they they come out, and, you know, the, I think they were picked to finish fifth in, in the SEC East in 2018. They go out and, you know, win 10 games for the first time in, in 41 years. And so it does seem as though this team responds better to adversity and to criticism than, than like you said, prosperity. Yeah, I uh, was talking yesterday with uh, I think it was Larry about how you know in '06 off an open date they kind of rebooted their their season. I don't think it, this is going to you know uh, it's not going to finish like that uh, like that one did uh, most likely. But um, one of the listeners said there are no reset buttons with Alabama and Florida left. Lost to Missouri was the final nail in the coffin. Very disappointing season. I understand you know the, that fan mindset but there is still uh, plenty to uh, to play for because as was the case with it 06 season how you finish feeds into the next season absolutely yeah there's there's still a ton left on the table for Kentucky just in terms of you know regardless of how the bowl season plays out and I'm not even sure how they're gonna you know, handle that, especially if the cases, you know, continue to, to rise as far as, uh, COVID is concerned. But keeping the positive momentum in the program going, I think is, is huge. And that's obviously huge for keeping this recruiting class together. You have a couple, you know, homegrown products and guys like the Kel Crowdis and, and Jagger Burton, but you also have a couple, uh, wide receivers that you really, really, really need to keep on board and and they're going to have to go out and 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 showcase some of that uh that passing game and you could argue you know either side of the coin you, you know who would want to play in an offense like that versus you know you can come in and and step in and play right away from from day one so there's obviously you know snaps for Kentucky to to sell these guys but it's it's definitely important for Kentucky and Mark Stoops to to kind of continue that forward momentum this is the uh, start of the early signing period today, right? For basketball, Correct, yeah, yeah, it runs through the through the eighteenth. Um, do you expect any uh, recruiting news for Kentucky to to break over the course of of this week, or is it now 
really everything's more toward the spring. Yeah, not really. Um, I expect all three of Kentucky's commitments to sign this week. I think Damian Collins said he'll sign today, and uh, the other two are expected to sign this week as well. But nothing in the way of of new commitments. It looked for a time that uh, a guy like Hunter Salas could decide early. I think he's decided once and for all that he's going to hold off until the spring and maybe wait and see if he's able to to take visits a little bit later in the process, but I still like Kentucky's positioning with him. Uh, There's a guy like Brandon Podzimski who Kentucky's gotten in on here recently and has really kind of exploded on on the national level. I had offers from Kentucky and Kansas. There's no indication that he intends to uh, sign early either, so I think, you know, barring some kind of, you know, crazy surprise, I would say Kentucky's done for for the fall and, you know, they've they've done a really good job in you know, in the midst of a recruiting dead period that's uh extended back month and months and, you know, going towards uh the the end of twenty twenty. Kentucky has the foundation of its twenty twenty one class in place and they can afford to, to wait on some guys into the spring and uh, if necessary, hit the transfer market. Uh, one of your stories up at catspaws.com is about the preseason number 11 ranking for the U.K. women in the AP poll. Is this going to be Matthew Mitchell's best team? I think you can make the argument, yeah, top to bottom, that, that this will be his best team. You look at all the, the transfers that they brought in that were able to, to gain immediate eligibility. And then you have Ron Howard, who's you know arguably the best player in in women's college basketball for this season. That's definitely a, a good place to start. Chris Fisher, you can read that story and uh, others at catspaws.com. On Twitter, it's at chrisfisher247. Thanks, sir. All right, thank you. Chris joins us on Wednesdays via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. And we're going to get to a break and come back and uh, talk to uh, about the Mike Sly Foundation uh, big event that's coming up uh, this week. So that's next on the Leach Report Radio Network. Kyle Tucker a little later. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Tomorrow night at 7 Eastern Time, uh, we're going to learn about a fundraising event for the Mike Slive Foundation uh, Foundation for Prostate Cancer Research. It's called Beyond Blue, and the executive director of the Mike Slive Foundation, uh, Anna Slive Hardwood, uh, Hardwood joins us now. Uh, tell us about the event, Anna. Good morning, Mike. Tom, how are you? Doing well. Good. So we're really excited to have this event. My father, Mike Slive, former SEC commissioner, was uh, prostate cancer, battled it for um, over 20 years, and unfortunately lost that battle about two years ago, but helped us create the Mike Slive Foundation, and we fund prostate cancer research and raise awareness um, for men to get checked early, which is so critically important. And tomorrow night is our big annual fundraiser, and like so many other nonprofits, we've really had to pivot and, and adjust to this COVID world, which means we're going virtual, which means you can be sitting in your house wherever you are up in Kentucky, and I can be in mine, and everybody can tune in. And um, we've got a great lineup, um, Laura Rutledge from ESPN and the SEC Network and Mike Tirico are going to be our co-hosts. And then we've got um, four very fun, fabulous um, SEC basketball coaches who are going to be our guest auctioneers um, tomorrow night, including your favorite, Coach Cal. 
Ah, well, that'll be fun to see. Uh, this is at beyondblue.givesmart.com, right? Correct. So that's the website to go to to not only start bidding, because the auction's actually open now, and we opened it about a week ahead of time, and people are already bidding on the items, and we've got some pretty great items. So some of them you'll see are the live items that the coaches will be talking about, but you can actually go ahead and put your bids in now. And then we've also got uh, just a slew of great silent auction items as well. And, I mean, the live stuff ranges from, you know, a private Zoom call with Laura Rutledge to going to the college football playoffs down in Miami to going to the New York City Ballet in 2021 up in New York with a private tour. And um, some of the silent auction things range from like a, a virtual coffee talk with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. You know, if someone's a big fan and wants to get the inside scoop on it, you get your own chance to ask Greg all the questions you want. Um, Maker's Mark has been a great partner of ours, and every year they donate a custom Blue Dip Maker's Mark bottle that has the Mike Sly Foundation logo on it, and that's become a real premium collector's item for us. I know there's probably a few Maker's Mark fans in, in your audience. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yep. So we've got, a, we've got a really good a good setup for, for tomorrow night, and we're really excited for, for this virtual event to happen. One in nine men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer in their lifetime, but when caught early, the five-year survival rate is nearly 100%. I referenced an, a favorite uncle of mine who uh, is a, was a veteran uh, from the Vietnam War, and he uh, was diagnosed with prostate cancer in the early 90s in his 50s, and uh, his doctor basically told him what anything could do for him. And it was, you know, terminal diagnosis. And he got into an experimental program through the research uh, that they were doing at UC Davis at Northern California. And he had 20 wonderful, high-quality years with uh, his family. And so this research is is meaningful. You know, it is. And I'm so, I'm so I'm glad you shared that story. And it's such an important story for men to hear. Prostate cancer is one of the most treatable cancers. It is you know, Al Roker was just diagnosed this week, yep. and it's been all over the news because he's such a visible man. And and because African-American men are 1.6 times more likely to be diagnosed with prostate cancer and twice as likely to die from it, that early detection becomes critical. You know, my dad used to say, because we all know, and no disrespect to you or to my husband or my dad, but men don't really like to go to the doctor. I mean, let's yeah, just be that's honest. true. You're About 20 seconds here. You're, asympt- you're not going to go if you're asymptomatic. So if men can get checked, and we can really get them out there. They they can have a wonderful 20, 40, 50 years. Amen to that. Beyondblue.givesmart.com tomorrow night. Mike's Live Foundation for Prostate Cancer Research. Thank you and good luck, Anna. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Second half of our Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. We're working on uh, connecting with Kyle Tucker down in Nashville, his base now for theathletic.com, where he does Titans coverage in addition to the Wildcats. And uh, he will join us here shortly, we trust. Our uh, show is coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. And we yesterday got a chance to listen to Isaiah Jackson talk to the uk media as they are doing uh, in the times we are in they can't do uh, the media day event where you gather all the players together and all the media folks get to go around and talk to uh, the, the different guys so what they're doing is zoom sessions uh, a few each week 
to let these guys go one-on-one with the media that covers Kentucky basketball. Yesterday was Isaiah Jackson's day, and he's been the guy that has generated a lot of buzz so far through the practices. Um, He's the guy that everybody seems to be talking about. In fact, uh, Tom Hart is going to be working on the coverage of UK's Pro Day tomorrow on the SEC Network, and Tom is... uh, in town and was tweeting yesterday and he said i won't go one of those tweets i won't go over the entire roster but isaiah jackson stood out as a dude who is always making plays high motor doesn't begin to describe it so this is just another example of somebody getting a chance to see one of these practices and raving about what uh, Isaiah Jackson is doing. And Kyle Tucker joins us now on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Uh, and uh, Kyle, this is a uh, young man that definitely came in under the radar, but uh, he is uh, going to be a lot of people paying attention to him when the season starts now because of all they've heard. Isaiah Jackson, is that who you're talking about? As yes. I was coming in. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really remarkable to me. I mean, you know, I think in some ways, too, uh, we get, I don't know if the, what the right word is, diluted <laughs> uh, around here. There, there, there's been so much elite talent that's come through in the Calipari era that a guy who was ranked like, you know, 29th or 30th or whatever in the country is like underrated. <laughs> I was like, how could this guy be really good? One of the top 30 high school players in America. Uh, but he may have been underrated even at that. Um ranking and and so you know start talking to people and and i'm not unique here they they have now said it several times publicly but in talking to people behind the scenes even a month ago month and a half ago uh i started to hear buzz about isaiah jackson is like shockingly good uh doing things that they did not really know he could do certainly i don't think cal thought he could do um I think everybody expected he'd be a shot blocker. I think he's been even better at that than they thought. Uh, but they did not realize he could do some of the stuff he's doing offensively, play away from the basket as a 6'10 guy, uh, handle it a little bit, pass it, shoot it. Uh, he's got some offensive skill. Um, there is there is very, very um, clear excitement in that building about what everybody's seeing from Isaiah Jackson. And he just apparently just keeps doing it every day. It's not kind of a one or two time flash uh he's showing up every day and really playing like an elite level guy i mean to the point that you know they 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 are going to sign damian collins uh thanks to adding jay lucas uh, they tried to get musa cise uh who's going to uh michigan now uh i'm sorry Mus- uh, not the other musa <laughs> um anyway they're still recruiting big men because I, in large part because I, don't, I think they recognize already there's a high likelihood that Isaiah Jackson is a one-and-done, and they definitely didn't think that when they recruited him. Uh, this was Jackson yesterday talking about uh, being a fan of Anthony Davis growing up. Shannon. Uh, Anthony Davis. I just – I play because, I mean, I'm pretty much – both the same, like we tall, long, can block shots and do everything. So, I mean, we growing up, I was, I was, to be honest, I was always a Kentucky fan. So, like when Anthony Davis got here, I, I was always watching Kentucky heavy, and the seeing the stuff that he he did is is crazy. And I feel like I can sort of mirror my game after him in a way. You don't want to say 
anybody's the next Anthony Davis and put that uh, albatross around their neck. I've heard so many times, this guy's another Randall Cobb for Kentucky, and we're still waiting for uh, part two for Randall Cobb. Uh, but um, this is a, um, uh, a guy that uh, clearly is more than just a shot blocker. And when Anthony came here, he had uh, grown up, uh, he had a growth spurt so earlier in his basketball career, he had played guard. And from his high school coach, we know that Isaiah is a guy that brought the ball up the floor some for them. And uh, his high school coach talked about what a great uh, passer he was for their team. So um, there are some uh, similarities there, certainly, to AD. Yeah, and, you know, uh, it is true that it was like we were looking forever for the next uh, Randall Cobb. But we did. he did eventually come along. I think he was here last year. Yeah, with Bowden, Bowden. yeah. That's fair, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't also want to put um, put that on Isaiah Jackson. I would just say um, they're very, very excited about him. I mean, I think they think that uh, BJ Boston is a legitimate, like superstar level talent, and you know, maybe a high end guy they haven't had in a few years. Uh, I think. The, the sense, the general consensus is that Terrence Clark is going to be one of the most athletic guys they've ever had. Uh, there'll be some things they want to refine in his game and in his mentality, but but I think athletically it's it's eye popping. Um, and then with Jackson, that's a third guy, and you throw in Sar, who you know you're going to get a double double out of. But Jackson maybe gives them three lottery picks on this team, um, you know, or, or guys that are going to be in consideration for that. And those are the type of teams that have a chance under under Cal. Um, you know, when you got just enough, you know, maybe veteran presence with Mintz and Saar and Keon Brooks back, um, you know, Cal, Cal's going to be saying, I like my team a lot, I think. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, probably odds on uh, on that one. Um, Jackson is, uh, you know, with Jackson, Saar, uh, they have an inside presence where as well really going to be strong on the perimeter and i was thinking about this yesterday with boston i think because isaiah talked about bj boston and just how impressive he how impressed he had been with with bj i said you know he's a pro or something i think in, in the interview yesterday and uh you've written about your boss uh, boston and clark i was thinking trying to find the the uh a comparison maybe when kentucky had ron mercer and Derek anderson you had two lottery pick type talents that were on the wings and uh, that's what you know these guys are going to bring yeah and you know i don't know what you you know whether you want to call them uh shooting guards or small forwards or wings that is one area that not necessarily has not necessarily been sort of the the um the strength of cal like if you're trying to nitpick his his recruiting over the years you know Getting the six-six guy on the wing who's elite is not is, is one of the things he really hasn't done. A lot of those guys have gone uh, other places. Um, you know, Michael Kick Gilchrist, but he wasn't really an off major offensive threat. He was a great defensive player out there on the wing. Um, and, and so, either one of these guys would rate I think Clark and Boston very highly uh, on that list of the Calipari era. The the six-six wings, um, small forward slash shooting guard type guys uh and i think together without a doubt the best pair of wings they've had you know probably since exactly what you're saying since the 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 ron mercer era that was a pretty pretty fun pretty fun time 
Yeah, I mean, they called them the air pair. They were two high-flying guys. Threw down some incredible dunks. Um, so, yeah, that could be fun to watch. We'll take, take a quick break. Kyle Tucker's with us. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Voted number one breakfast once again in the Herald Leader Reader's Choice Poll. I think it's seven years running now. Two Lexington locations, Hamburg and in Palomar. And with this nice weather that we're having for a little while longer, you can enjoy uh, their expanded patio out there at Hamburg. We'll be right back. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. It's the Leach Report for a Wednesday. And back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline we go. We visit with Kyle Tucker. You can read him at TheAthletic.com. And uh, you can uh, find his coverage of the Cats there as well as uh, the Titans. And you can uh, follow him on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH, where you would have seen a little earlier today uh, your salute to veterans in your family, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, my uh, my son is named after my grandfather uh, who served and have his flag in my office. And, and recently when my grandmother moved, got his uh, dog tags and his old uh, – army hat he worked on uh, helicopters um and uh and an old ration book uh from wow. Korea, which was was uh really neat it was like a lot of it was was not punched out yet but it, it was crazy to see all the little there's little all these little tiny coupons that they would punch out and, and exchange for you know basic goods you know like one one pot one uh uh you know one straight razor you know all these little things that they were rationed out for um, and my father-in-law, my my wife's father, um, was a colonel in the army for over thirty years. So um, retired uh, just a couple years ago. And when my mom passed, I was going through a lot of her uh, things. She saved about everything, I think, and uh, found a couple of letters from uh, her brother, my uncle, that uh, from when he was over in Vietnam. And just amazing what uh, men and women have gone through to serve our country. Doctor Capaluto. Uh, tweeting out a salute to all the uh, the veterans and notes that there are about 400 student veterans enrolled at UK. So um, again, That's salute awesome. to all the uh, all the vets. Uh, let's shift gears to a little football. Um, you think Terry Wilson's the starting QB on Saturday? Yeah, it sure sounded that way, right? Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, maybe inadvertently tipping his hand there, and just sort of the, the verbiage of of that that uh, what a, what a maybe was meant to be an ambiguous statement or maybe not maybe he was trying to let us know without letting us know but yeah i would i would think so uh, you know he it's probably not a totally fair shake to joey gatewood given what he had to go up against uh, you know to get himself going but it, i don't think he's done anything to, to go well we got it we definitely got to stick with that guy uh and i don't think you know terry's done necessarily enough to to lose his job just to, uh, because of an injury so uh, I think they'll go back and, you know, he's a guy they've won a lot of games with. I think they're, they'll, they probably feel the best about somebody that's operated their offense for a number of years now and uh, has a chance to maybe get something going for him. I was, I was chatting about this with Chris Fisher in the first part of the show. I'll get your take on it as far as they, they you know, they've uh, missed out on uh, some of their preseason goals with how the season has played out to this point but what can uh, be salvaged from the the stretch run of the season 
Well, I mean, as daunting as it is, if you win one of those, uh, you know, that you're not supposed to, then then you certainly are going to feel good. I mean, if you can go go win at Florida, uh, that would be huge. You obviously don't want to lose this weekend against Maryville, assuming that thing gets played. It's like the the league the league is dropping like yeah. flies. When I think already three games canceled, and I know there's there's at least some issues in both Kentucky and Vanderbilt's programs. We they may be missing coaches because of. I don't know if that's why, but we we know they're they've been without some coaches this week. Eddie Graham didn't talk as scheduled yesterday. Darren Henshaw stepped in. So, uh, but if if they are able to play the game Saturday, you're playing a truly horrible Vanderbilt team at home. You better get that one done. But then that beyond that, yeah, there's then you got these these huge opportunities. Um, I think if you could steal either one of the the Florida and Alabama's, I think a pretty tall order, but. Um, you'd feel great about yourself. I think the one that sticks in their craw has got to be um, the Ole Miss game. I think even if you just have that Ole Miss win under your belt, you're feeling a good deal better than you do right now. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think uh, yeah, they they'll um, beat themselves up over that one for uh, for a while, um, and it's a um, opportunity where you hope you can uh, get some young guys that you think can help you either the remainder of this season or into next year. And I'm thinking in particular about wide receivers. Well, they've had this week off. Henshaw talked yesterday about the you know how good the passing games looked. Um, Stoops was asked about you know young receivers, and he said, you know, if they earn their spot, uh, we'll take a look at them. And whether it's a guy like Cummings who looks the part of some of the guys they go up against, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 200 10 plus pounds or a guy with the speed of, of Drennan. Um, I'm hopeful that one or both of those guys will have done enough to get into, get, get us, get into uh, the rotation so that we can see what they're capable of. Yeah, there's no, there's really no reason not to, I, I to look at those young guys and, and I've banged the drum a little bit for even giving Bo Allen a look just because if you think that could be the future, um, you're coming, you, you got a bye week going into Vanderbilt, a game that you absolutely should win. Um, just if you walk out there with a pulse. Um, but this is the time, you know, let those guys play, see what they can do, uh, before you go to Alabama and Florida back to back. Um, because then, you know, if you can get that Vanderbilt game, uh, go try to be competitive in these, these two very daunting road games and then come back home to end the season. Um, against the South Carolina team that's two and four and has gotten its doors blown off by just you know okay teams the last couple of weeks. Well, Texas A&M I think is pretty good, but uh, LSU's been bad this year and they got drilled by uh, LSU. So uh, you know there's still two more conceivable wins that wouldn't necessarily be upsets in Vanderbilt and South Carolina sandwiched around these two tough ones. Um, so use this week to get your your young guys you know into the groove of things and see if they can help you. Uh, About a minute and change. Got to have a passing game. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. That would be a huge amount of progress to see. About a minute and a half uh, left here, Kyle. You've got a story up at theathletic.com about Keon Brooks. Tell us about that. Yeah, he's just a really impressive guy. I mean, he has been all along and and is even more impressive going into his second year. And I I basically, you know, he and I talked uh, last week um, about all the things he's learned about playing for Cal, playing at Kentucky, about life, uh, you know, about the flap he caused when he when he said um, maybe they should change Rubberina's name and what he's learned about that. Um, 
you know, and just the the, the thought process there. But the, I was really struck by how he said, you know, if you talked to me last year in the middle of the season, I would have said Cal's picking on me. He's harder <laughs> on me than anybody on the team. And he's like, you know, now I'm injured. I'm on the sideline watching these freshmen. They're all going through that exact same thing, and, and they're all wrong. Like, he does that to everybody, and it's because he's trying to, to get the best out of you. He said, Cal can make your brain scrambled eggs. Uh, you know, and you know, you lose sight of why he's saying what he's saying. And so he's kind of serving as Cal interpreter to this team, to the young guys on this team, and maybe even to the, the transfers who are, are new to that kind of coaching. Um, I think that's why he's a, a huge piece. Uh, on the court, he's very helpful, but off the court, I think he's going to be a, a, a really big piece for them to just help guys understand what they're what they're up against. Kyle Tucker, you can read that story at theAthletic.com, um, and uh, more to come as well. Thank you, Kyle. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you. Kyle Tucker joins us uh, every Wednesday, and uh, we'll always uh, toss in the uh, reminder to subscribe to the Athletic. Good time with Kentucky basketball season coming up. It's, just, it's a great, uh, get, you know, with the holiday season coming up, Mike Pratt and I have, and I have done this for the last couple of years, give the uh, Athletic subscriptions as gifts. A lot of uh, great content there. We'll be right back to wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. This day of Wildcat history, 1995, Mo Williams ran for 272 yards in a win over Cincinnati. Most yards ever gained rushing by a Wildcat at Kroger Field. Uh, happy birthday to Brad Calipari, son of Coach Cal. And Brad and his Detroit Mercy team will be coming in to play Kentucky at the end of the month. I uh, want to um, give a shout-out to our friends at KentuckyHempWorks.com. They are more than just CBD. And you can see what they're talking about by checking out their videos on their YouTube channel. Type Hemp Homeschool into the search box, and you'll see some of the videos about their operation there in Christian County. Certified Kentucky Proud family-run operation featuring three generations of the same family growing hemp in the fields that they own there, processing it on site into CBD oil and hemp seed oil and hemp-infused body lotion and hand sanitizer. You can find all about their products and their operation at KentuckyHempWorks.com. Check them out on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram as well, KentuckyHempWorks.com. That will do it for us. We will see you tomorrow here on the Leach Report Radio Network from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leechreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on 